Today is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. So, I'm back from my, I don't know, almost two-week hiatus of death. (coughs) You hear that? I'm still on the mend. So, we have a actually longer podcast than I thought. Hung in there like a champ. Anyways, I'm getting better. Thanks for asking. Um, We talk about today, evangelizing to Muslims. Is heaven uh, planet X? Spoiler. No, uh, probably not. <laughs> is God in the metaverse? And we end the day with some transhumanism nonsense. The best advertisement for uh, not being a transhumanist is listening to transhumanists talk. Oh my goodness. Um, on the most beneficial, or, or most, um, um, what's the word, what's the word? Medicine affecting my brain, what's the word? And the most um, good faith side, they're just nuts. In, in the worst side, they're evil and also nuts. Um, okay, so um, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon and read, since I can not barely speak, you can still read, um, about the Ask a Christian journey and the point and mission and all that good stuff. And you can also check out the Ask a Christian store where there is merchandise that will be sure to facilitate questions about Christianity and this hope you have and why you have it. So enjoy the discussion and hopefully I'll be back to 100% soon. Take care. Sound good. Oh, no, that's the best it sounded in, like, a week and a half. Did <laughs> you have the COVIDs? Uh, no, I have the everything else's. My my family came and visited and brought their weird Midwest diseases. So, um, yeah. from Ohio. You're not from Ohio? Okay, well, I'm just making sure, because, you know, Ohio's Midwest, and that's a post-apocalyptic <laughs> hellscape. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But, uh... goodness so i'm getting over this this is the first day my throat hasn't felt like i'm speaking daggers so how's the last week and a half on clubhouse been yeah we'll see how long this lasts uh it's been fine i guess good times had by all plenty of stuff to keep you busy yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I've just been, um, I've been doing a lot more reading this week, so. Um, on the recommendation of another brother, I picked up um, one of his textbooks that he had to read for seminary and started reading through it. And it was not, how'd that go? I mean, it's classic, you know, liberal theology. <laughs> You know, Paul didn't write First Timothy. Of course he didn't. Paul didn't write Ephesians. Of course he didn't. Paul didn't write Galatians. Some other guy did 150 years later. Goodness. Even though we have fragments from way before that, those don't matter. So was he saying, like, check out this liberal textbook, it's <clears throat> awesome, or check this trash out we have to read? No, check out this awesome textbook, because it's going to teach you all about how women were treated in the early church. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. I mean, if you want to listen to the guy that wants to throw, uh, or to the lady that wants to throw um, First Timothy completely out of the canon, cool, cool story, bro. I'll be over here with the 66. It, that's fine. <laughs> oh, gosh. What was the... Um... What was the big controversy I read this morning? Uh, it would have been perfect to ask you. 
I forget. Anyway, welcome, Victoria, Serendipity, Felix, everyone else. Oh, hey, Jack, what's up, Jack? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty good. Anything on your mind this morning? Not a lot of moments, to be honest. Just uh, thinking about, like, stuff, I guess. <laughs> Contemplating life? Kind of, yeah. Okay, well, let us know if we can help. We love giving unsolicited advice. Or I guess if you're letting us know we can help, that would be solicited, and then it's totally on you. Hey, Mark, welcome. I was listening to, um, well, I, I've started doing my daily bio readings on um, YouTube, of all things. Um, because Justin Peters is reading the new legacy standard Bible out loud. You know, it's like a Bible in a year thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's, he's reading three chapters a day. It's like 50, it's anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes, depending on the length of the chapters. Um, and it's really good because he just has a really good voice. Do you know who Justin Peters is? He's the, he's the guy who's the quadriplegic. Um, no. Yeah, so he's a he's a preacher, he's a quadriplegic, and his kind of his uh, thing is that um, you know he has muscular dystrophy, so his mom dragged him to every charismatic revival. Oh yeah, okay, I remember you talking about this. Yeah, and so they see that guy come in at like a Andrew Womack or a Ben <laughs> thing, and they literally take cops and throw him out. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's like you guys are doing some healings, great, heal me. I'd love to walk again. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so he just trolls. He just trolls by just showing up. Um, same thing. You know Brad? Yes. Yeah, Brad trolls those NAR guys, too. He just shows up at their revivals, and they have oh, the does cops he really? throw them out. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, talk to him about it sometime. It's hilarious. He's gotten thrown out of a bunch of places. <laughs> they don't want any actual disabled people there wait really that's crazy what's that <clears throat> anyway so I had a 10 day visit of my parents and uh, yeah so I've, I've been gosh it's been like a week and a half since I've been here right like that was my that was the first half of my excuse and uh, then they gave me their weird diseases. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty miserable 15 days. Okay, no one cares. <laughs> Sorry, I'm chatting. Hold on. Welcome, Jose. Hey, Sir Jeffrey. How's it going? Yeah, how you doing, sir? Good, good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I, I just joined, so I, I really don't know what you guys were talking about. Uh, whatever you want. Anything on Maybe. your mind? Um, honestly, I just I just started getting into apologetics, so and stuff like that. So ah. I'm a little new, you know what I mean. So well, I'm grabbing everything I can, you know. 
Ah, well, feel free to hang around. If anything comes up, let us know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the goal of this room is to, you know, explain what we believe and why we believe it. And, you know, a lot of people have like just gross misconceptions about the Bible and stuff. So I thought, well, look, even if you guys aren't going to believe, you can at least have a proper understanding of what we actually believe because some yeah. of it's nuts. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, try to explain Muslims the Trinity. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Serendipity, what's up? Good morning, Nate. How have you been? Well, have, have you heard my uh, explanation of my last week and a half? <laughs> no, I missed it. I I stepped away for a minute and I missed it, so I wanted to check on you. Oh, I'm at the uh, at the doorstep of death. Um, I'm I'm walking back away, but yeah, my my I had family visiting for a week and then I got sick, so uh, it's hard it's hard to fight about God when your throat's killing you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, it's all all good now. I think I'm on the upside. Glad so you're feeling better. Be a, maybe this will be a short day. Just wanted to test the waters again. How long you been a Christian for? Uh, me? GRC. At least two weeks. Twenty-eight years. Oh shoot! Twenty-eight years. Wait, how old are you, man? Do you mind me asking? He's old. Forty. Oh, you're forty. Oh, dang. I'm way older though. Oh really? We got. We got oh, five time here. I've been a Christian for thirty-five years. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Well, I'm only nineteen, so I can't. I can't even say twenty years. Oh, you're only nineteen. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, I can't say. Oh, yeah, you know, been thirty years, man. I'm not even twenty yet. <laughs> Oh, hey, Nate, I did have a point that I was trying to say. The, the, the LSB Bible reading is really good. You just go listen to the daily reading on YouTube, and it automatically, I guess they have some kind of algorithm on YouTube where it queues up the day that you, you know, go there. You know, so like if it's today is March 15th, I guess, um, like it just automatically queues up March 15th Bible oh. reading for the day. It's really cool. So it's like the guy that reads it, like a good soothing voice? Or is it yeah, like yeah, it's Justin Peters. Side. Yeah, so it's that guy that gets kicked out of Revival. So, yeah, it's I, a, I don't know what he sounds like. Oh, he's, he has an excellent, excellent voice. Oh. Yeah, do any of, uh, uh, do any of you follow like, any other people like uh, Matt Walsh or Jordan Peterson and those sort? <laughs> yeah, I do. I I. I yeah. I don't really follow anyone. I don't know how Chris and mm. these people have enough time in the day. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because I just like to follow them closely because they do come up with some uh, legitimate legitimate points, you know. Uh, well, Jose, I'm going to say welcome to Clubhouse. I also see you're, you're new to Clubhouse. So, uh, you know, this could be a really great experience or a terrible one. <laughs> Depend, depending what room you stumble into. We're, we're yeah. here to make it terrible. It's just going to be terrible. <laughs> if you start with a low bar, then yeah. you'll just be impressed when it's not terrible. Under promise, over deliver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did. I literally made an account like yesterday, I think. Was it yesterday? Yeah. And um, basically, just expect the worst and you won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm not. I know I'm 19, but I'm I'm not that good with technology, so I sometimes struggle. I'm like, yo, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to do a lot of things in this app yet. So it's, just, it's a little, it's like a little journey there. 
It's all right. Well, Pastor Mark them. down there is one step away from Amish. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, at least you found the mute button. So half the battle was won already. Yeah. Wow. That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I actually do have a question. All right. So I'm trying to elaborate more. Like, I I know, I'm pretty sure you guys know who God Logic is and Sam and stuff like that, right? You know who they are? I think I've heard the name God Logic. I don't know anything about who are they? Just like YouTube apologists or Christians? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's actually in Clubhouse too. Like he, he'd be here a lot. Oh, okay. And um, and I'm just trying to find more and more claims about Jesus being God. Obviously, we see a lot of reference of him, you know, claiming the deity of God and stuff like that. Explain a little bit better, you know. So I try to find tips and ways to say it to make them understand because one of the things I learned is that we need to understand their language, the way that the Muslims <clears throat> understand how how they are. So you need to speak so they can, they can understand, if you know what I mean. You know, what I've learned <clears throat> is, like, you know, the I mean, the biggest claims of Jesus, the ones that, you know, you, you brought up Muslims specifically, that they they just dismiss is, is I'm convinced, Overwhelming has overwhelmingly has to be because they want to dismiss it. They don't want to understand. And that's, you know, like John, when Jesus is saying, you know, before I was, uh, before Abraham was, I am. And he uses the same title. So, I mean, that's that's like the go-to claim. So anything besides that, like there's plenty of deity claims in the Bible, but that's the most on-the-face obvious one. Like he uses the same title Yahweh used in Exodus to Moses. And they reject that. And people have even said, like, they're like, he's like saying, no, I am like, I am going down the road to buy something. I'm like, come on. I'm like, you have to be trying to do this. So, you know, ultimately, I think this goes back to the parable. It's like, look, even if Jesus ran down the road screaming in perfect Arabic, I am God, I am God over and over and over, then you would just say that's the part of the Bible that's corrupted. Um, so, I mean, you know, that that reminds me of the parable, which is not too far around the, the Bible verses we're talking about, where, you know, the disciples are saying, look, are you the Messiah? Just tell us. And he's like, I have told you. And they say, well, why do you talk in parables? And he says, because for some people, it's God's good pleasure to reveal this to those like little children and to hide it from other people. So I'm like, look, if Jesus says before Abraham was, I am and it's the same title God uses when Moses says, who do you who do I tell you sent, uh, you know, sent me? And he says, tell them, I am sent you. So if they don't understand that, it's because, you know, either they don't want to understand or just like the people Jesus was talking to in the parables, for whatever reason, they're not meant to understand. And I mean, I guess that's just like the hard truth. But that's kind of what I've I've come to realize um, as much as I, I tried to like, you know, I guess fight against the Bible and be like, no, no, you can understand this. Let me hold your hand. Um, it's like the a level of obstinance from some people. It's like there is – I mean the Bible is right. Like you're just spiritually blinded at this point. Like even if you don't believe it, even if you don't believe the, the claims Jesus is saying, you can at least you know see the words on the paper that Jesus said this. And if you don't, then I guess you're just spiritually blind and the Bible's right and I'm wrong. Um, that being said, yeah, there's, there's plenty of other you know, claims of deity of Jesus in the Bible. Like you know, I like in, in John – like is it John 9 like, where he heals the blind guy? And, and uh, it's around that passage. He talks about how – you know, he's going to give the waters of uh, waters of life to whoever wants it. He'll freely give. 
And then in Revelation, you see the same, the same thing exactly being said, like verbatim, talking about, I'll give the waters of life to those, whoever wants it, and you know, I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. That's Jesus talking. And then, you know, then you'll get accused of, oh, you're just stringing stuff together and mixing and matching and blah, 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 and, and all this stuff. Anyways, not to be a Debbie Downer, but um, I like that example. Because it's like you have the same guy in John saying he's going to give waters of living life to whoever wants it. And then you have Revelation, like 21, I think, saying the exact same thing and then adding, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and last, and I will be their God and they will be my people. It's like you don't get – like you want him saying I am God. There he is saying I am God. And if you like need help, he's also saying the exact same thing in like John. Anyway, didn't mean to ramble. Yeah, and uh, plus I think if I remember like uh, from what I've seen, like I think some some don't some uh, verses like indirectly state that Jesus is God. Well, I mean, John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then when people are confused about, well, what is the Word? Maybe that's the thought of God. Maybe it's the, the mind of God. Maybe whatever. Well, in Revelation, again, it tells us, and his name is called the Word of God. And it's talking about Jesus. It describes Jesus. It says, you know, he's wearing a robe dipped in blood, and, you know, his, his a name, King of Kings, written on his thigh. And his name is called the Word of God. So, I mean, there's really no way to get around it. The only, the only way you can rightly get around um Jesus not being God is to say the Bible is lying or to say the Bible is corrupted. But you can't rightly say it doesn't make the claim in the Bible. Like it makes the claim over and over and over in the Bible. And that's one more thing. That's all right. Um, like, you know how like some people say G apparently Jesus is the king of the Jews, right? Like, is there any truth to that or is it just something that people added in? Well, Pilate did that. I mean, Pilate had it, you know, written like they the they wanted to say, like, you know, this man claims to be the king of the Jews because they were killing him for blasphemy. Like, you know, they they because they recognized it. I mean, funny how people today don't. But, you know, the people he was talking to when he said before Abraham was, I am, they recognized he was claiming to be God. And that's why they wanted to put him to death for blasphemy. So, you know, they uh, they wanted to say it was something like um, put that this man says or claims to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate was just kind of like at his end with dealing with this this stuff. And he's like, put the king of the Jews. And they're like, no, no, just put, he claimed to be the king of the Jews. He's like, nope, it's done, deal with it. Um, so ironically, that, um, you know, is it, is it prophetic? Um, I'm fine with that. That, you know, these people wanted to kill him for blasphemy and have it, you know, his charge be that he claimed to be the king of the Jews. But then what actually shows up on the sign is the king of the Jews, which yes, we totally believe because, you know, he is the Messiah. And the Jews who recognized that and follow him became the first Christians. So they recognized he was the true king of the Jews. But even the ones who wanted to kill him um, for claiming to be king of the Jews, <laughs> well, the sign that actually went up is king of the Jews. So that's kind of, uh, I don't know, a little prophetic justice. Thoughts on that, Chris? What do you think about that? I think you're right about that, yeah. I mean, they, they pointed out in the New Testament that the Jews asked Pilate to change it. He's like, nope. Yeah. So you don't know if it's like, you know, no, I'm going to thumb my eye, my, I'm going to thumb you in the eye, or if it's, you know, you, you don't know what his motive was, but, I'm, you know. I mean, I'm kind of, yeah, I kind of see that as like, you know, God being like, oh yeah, how about this? You like that? Like you get king of the Jews whether you want it or not. It, it's almost as if, huh, 
It's almost as if God is sovereign over every molecule in the universe. Who keeps saying that? The Bible? Well, yeah, of course. Is this where you're... Well, anyways. Anyway, Jose! Uh, <laughs> yeah, we... we... <laughs> Any of that address anything you said? Sorry, we rambled a lot. We do that here. No, it's fine. Oh, no, it makes sense. I mean, um, one of the things that they, uh, they don't like, or they like to pick and choose things. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not going to accept John because John was written 70 years after Jesus. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, like a little bit inconsistent or a lot inconsistent because they, they say, show me the, you know, verse in the Bible where Jesus said, I am God or what you do. And then you go show them a verse and they're like, yeah, but that's John. And, you know, that was around 70 years. And uh, it's, it's so funny. And like and, Victoria said, yeah, the Thomas one, you know, you know, my Lord, my God. And they're like, no, it's an expression like, oh, my God, which, by the way, didn't come around to like what is like 1300 years after that. It was yeah. like in the, it was like in the middle of Europe where the expression came from. So, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, look, at a certain point, you just got to like, I, I mean, you know, I just kind of take a step back. I'm like, look, you're going to believe whatever you want to believe. Uh, if you're not going to believe the Bible, you should believe it because, you know, you just say you don't believe it like uh, one of the good moral mm -hmm. atheists. But you yeah. shouldn't say you believe it for all this nonsense because it's just so demonstrably wrong. And hmm. it's not like one of the interpretation things. It's like if you can, you know, I, I, we can show you how your claims are wrong, like the oh, my God thing. Like, you know, the yeah. origins are like over a, a millennium later. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to be wrong, don't be wrong for bad reasons. I mean, at yeah. least be wrong because you're like, you know, claim some lack of a belief or something like that. But um, anyways. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, that I like to use the the, the example because, you know, Mark was the first gospel I was written. And um, when, when you even look in the first verse, like he's talking about how it's written in the, you know, the prophets um, spoke about him saying how, you know, allow cried in the wilderness and you know make a path for the lord it's clearly that he, he's talking about god and i remember i was i was watching a video where this guy was asking a muslim who who is him going to wait to and he he just didn't want to admit it <laughs> it was clearly right there in the oh and then mark, yeah, yeah and then mark, mark wrote up titus two thirteen, um mm -hmm. looking for the blessed hope and the glorious uh appearing of the great god and our savior jesus christ um, so, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's yeah, no way to turn around it. They try to screw with that one too. They're like, you know, yeah, the great God and our savior, Jesus Christ. And it's like, no, 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 you guys, it's just, they just grasp for straws. They're like, no, the grammar can mean anything. But Greek grammar is extremely specific. I asked Antonis one time about that specific verse. Basically, it's like, what I see is I think there's, pretty much like what it actually means and then there's what people think it means. Yeah, I think just reading reading uh the gospels out of context is, is something else that they do. I don't know why I love to do that because even like throughout the years it's like the Bible has just been taken out of context so many times it's hard to even count how many times. It's it's crazy. It's it's kind of funny. Like I, I realize it just it looks like you're very thirsty. Like I don't know if you guys ever heard about this, but 
they they the the Muslims like to use Deuteronomy. I think was it twenty something? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not good with remembering, but I can find it. Where Moses talk about a prophet that is to come. They yeah. say that that's Muhammad. <laughs> and I'll be like, first of all, <laughs> can you read like can you read the whole thing? This is amongst your brothers. This is about the Israelites. This is this is established that Muhammad is not an Israelite. And we and there's no actual evidence of Muhammad being a descendant from Ishmael. So that's 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 a whole other case where they struggle to support and it's it's just funny. They claim that you know Jesus, you know when Jesus says, Oh, you know, but I gotta go so the other one, the helper, can come in. They also wanna say that's Muhammad too. And I'm like, how can you even how can you say that when you didn't read the whole the whole thing? Because if you read the whole thing, basically you're making Muhammad eternal. You say well, yeah, he was already with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it says he'll live with you forever. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, how how is that? No, just no. It's like it's clearly yeah. talking about the Holy He's Spirit. Like, oh, oh, so 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 that's God. Oh, okay, okay. So so you so basically you're claiming that Muhammad is God, and you're like, no, you know that's. You can't, you can't do the right, bro. That's basically what you're saying. So I, that's, this is, this is the way that I read the Bible, or especially you know the four Gospels, um, or even the New Testament, because, you know, the the verses and the, and the chapters were not there when they wrote it, is is a letter. And so that I think that's another they I don't know if they forget, or they don't know, they don't realize, or they just don't care. But the gospels are letters, and when you read them, you, you you gotta you can't ignore all the previous chapters, you know, and stuff like that. So they they really like to take John, for example, you know John, when uh, Jesus says that he didn't know the hour, you know, so how can he be how can he be God if he doesn't know the hour, you know what I mean? And like, when you look at the first of all, so you're gonna throw out everything. That that John said that in, in in the first verse, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So that you know, it's they just throw everything out and just like to use that one verse that doesn't well, doesn't really support their their claim. Well, I don't like talking to Muslims really because you know, depending and there's there's no way to know because like it's it's implicit in the religion depending on how one follows it, that it's okay to be deceptive and it promotes deceiving if it's, you know, for all or for the greater good or what, to further their cause. So it's like, well, if it says in your Bible, it talks about, you know, how great a deceiver Allah is as if this is a good thing. And, you know, he's the best deceiver. And then, you know, this practice of Takia, which, uh, you know, talks about deceiving and how you can like basically lie to people and how it's celebrated if it's for Islam and if it's for, you know, the right, righteous cause or whatever which is like leading people to islam and mm -hmm. you know then s some people will say no no this is and you don't know how to believe them right because it's like if it's in your book then mm -hmm. any explanation you automatically don't know if i should believe you or if you're mm -hmm. lying to me because you yeah. think it's righteous so it's like if if it's i mean if that right there makes it very difficult for me to engage in good faith with anyone 
And it's like, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of good Muslims that, you know, have a different view. Yeah. Like, no, no, we should never lie under no circumstance. And they interpret that very different. But how do you know yeah. if it's one of them or how do you know if it's one of them who are saying that, but yet actually practicing it because they're lying to you? And it's like right there, because, you know, like originally I, I think, and again, don't know if I was being lied to, but some will say for the for the beneficial side that this Takia was like, uh, if um, if Muslims were living somewhere hostile to Islam, and uh, you know they were in the minority, then they could set, lie and say they're not a Muslim, or you know follow whatever whatever these people said um, to preserve their lives, and that was the right way to practice takia. But then I don't know if they're lying. But then other people, the unfavorable side, are like, no, basically they can like lie and say whatever they want, and as long as they justify it in some loose way that this is for the greater good of Allah or whatever, then yeah, that's totally fine and and you know um, admired in their religion even. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know, because I don't know if you're one of the more uh, easygoing Takia people or one of the hardcore, like, no, we're going to, like, totally deceive anyone we can for the greater good. Um, it makes it just hard to engage with any of them. So, anyway, so I, I yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's a little... And like what you were talking about, like all these examples, like, you know, how do you how how do you get a sense like one way or the other? Like when they're talking about, you know, just these things we're talking about, the greatest examples that we've just been talking about, how, um, you know, they're messing up Muhammad for the Holy Spirit. They're talking about different prophets. And it's like if you've ever just read one of these verses in context, you you automatically know it's not saying where you're going. Um, but the fact that you haven't is like someone has lied to someone. Either the people are doing this in good faith because they've been forbidden to read the Bible on pain of death or because their scholars and their imams have taught them this. And, you know, they may be good intentions Muslims who, you know, would take a favorable view and try to operate in good faith. But they've been deceived somewhere along the way by people that have fed them bad information or they themselves are the you know apologists who are acting in bad faith and they know full well what they're doing. They don't care. They're just trying to trip up, you know, Christians or other religious people and uh, you know, make them question their own faith and then come to their side and, you know, convert them or whatever, whether it's through lies and deceit or not, because they don't care. Their goal is to make more Muslims. So good faith or bad faith, the result is the same. Someone has been fed bad information along the way. Yeah, supposedly Allah is the best, uh, best of deceivers. That's That sounds to me like Satan, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, God, you said God, it. Doesn't <laughs> God doesn't deceive nobody. And I look at that, I'm like, really? It's like the best of deceivers. And it's kind of funny how scholars and Muslims, throughout, you know, they, they make new translation of the Quran. They, they, they like to switch that word to to the best plan or stuff like that. And you'd be like, how, why, why are you changing it? Because <laughs> you know what that means. Like the best deceiver? Come on, man. That's. And it's, I don't know if you guys ever noticed this. I'm pretty sure you have. But it's its kind of funny how somebody comes out of nowhere. Nobody knows his genealogy, nothing. This guy comes out, oh, yeah, I'm the last prophet. He goes and writes a book 600 years after Jesus. And what he writes in the book, the main theology of it, and the three things that you need to be saved are the three things that he condemned. It's like that's that's really very very specific. 
Because in the Quran says that if you believe that Jesus is God, you will go to hell. So, and they denied the, you know, the resurrection and everything like that. And this to me is like, this is, this is saying itself. Like, I, I, I can't put in other words, but just to say that. Like, this is, it's crazy, man. I think that we need to, you know, be aware of these things and to really prepare ourselves and study. Because even Peter demands it, you know, that we need to know, we need to know how to defend what we believe. And that's just, that's just a crazy observation that I kind of came upon a couple of months ago. Well, Serendipity, any thoughts from you on this matter? No, I'm just listening and letting the coffee kick in. How about you, Chris? Has coffee kicked in? Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, so, oh, one of the things that happened while you were out was uh, Serendipity hosted a room where we talked about um, Calvinism versus Arminianism for about four hours. <laughs> oh, how'd that go? Well, Serendipity realized that she's Calvinist, so that was good. Oh, gosh. I did not. Is that Chris practicing Takia on you right now? Yeah. Through deception? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like... She she did she did figure out and this was good. Um, this is how smart she is that she did figure out that, <laughs> that she agrees with you. Right, exactly. Well, oh. that you can't go against the desires of your heart. So, like, if if you're gonna say that I can go against the desires of my heart, that's that's something. How are you doing that? Um, and the best answer in the literature that we have is one of three things. One is some type of quantum entanglement woo-woo that we just don't understand the science for. The other is um, shut up, don't ask that question. That's the other answer in the literature. I'm talking in the philosophical literature. These are the answers they give. And the third is it eh, doesn't matter. So there is no answer for how you can go against the desires of your heart even in the philosophical literature. So I think she, and she naturally figured that out. Like, wait a minute, you can't go against the desires of your heart. It was great. So is that kind of like, because it, like the, the um, kind of like, you know, if you, if you're the desire of your heart is to do something, then you're going to do it. And because you did it, that means you're following the desire of your heart. Like if you want to rob a bank or if you rob a bank, then you follow the desire of your heart and your desire of your heart was to rob a bank because you robbed a bank. And if the desire of a heart was not to rob a bank, then you would not have robbed the bank. Is that kind of that thing? So like, yeah. no matter where you go, it's like caught. It's like the buck buckaroo bonsai thing, right? No matter where you go, there you are. Could that be like a Kobe? It was the Kobayashi Maru. Like, is there a way to beat that by just not playing? Is, is or I'm, I'm mixing up my things. That's a Star Trek thing. I know, but he, he, um, he didn't play by, or he didn't um, beat it by not playing. He beat it by something else. He cheated somehow, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like the other, the other. Um, so Leibniz was a philosopher who tried to come up with a defense of going against the desires of your heart, and he posited a model called the indifferent queen, where the queen is standing above it all and sitting above it all, and she just through whim makes decisions um, that don't affect her at all. And so, 
Yeah. See, like Queen Mary, Mother of Heaven, just make the big debate though. <laughs> the big debate still comes though is, are the desires of my heart my own, or are the desires of my heart God's? Ah, see, see, I told you this lady was smart. See, now that's what's that? So that's a that's a good question. Right. So when the verse says. God will give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? Does it mean that he will give you a Ferrari because it's the desire of your maybe. heart? Or, or <laughs> he will give you, maybe, maybe he will. Um, or well, for, <clears throat> will he give you the actual desire that you should have? But when he warns against following the desires of my heart, against following him what does he mean mm-hmm. right your the heart is wicked above all else mm-hmm. who can understand it jeremiah 17 9 exactly. well i think there's a bef- well there's a before new heart and after new heart so like you know apart mm-hmm. from god then there you go i'm deceitful and wicked but right. you know it kind of goes with like prayer it's like well you know if i pray for a g6 why don't i get it well, the Bible tells us to, you know, also pray in the will of God. You know, it gives us, like, guidelines on how to pray and what to pray for. So if you're doing that, kind of like the desires of your heart thing, you're you're never going to pray for, you know, these lavish material things. You're going to, you know, pray for things like, I don't know, contentment, the will of God, and, you know, what whatever is in line with God's, God's heart, not yours, not your fleshly heart. So when it says, you know, you're given a new heart, you're a new creation, well, then it's like, sure, um, if the desire of my heart was a G6, God would give it to me. But since I've been, you know, uh, made in the image of, you know, it's Christ who lives in me and I've been a new creation in Christ. Um, it's not I who live, but, you know, like Paul says, he who lives in me. Now, the desires of my heart are to do what's pleasing to God. And I'm getting the desires of my heart because all I want to do is, you know, these things that please God. Welcome to Calvinism, everybody. <clears throat> no, 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 burn him. That, that's I literally, oh, that's, oh you just we are, we literally are instantiated I, Calvinism. I still say Whenever I said that, burn him. Quote, that quote from Phyllis Shafe was the absolute, I feel like it just hits the nail on the head when it comes to the whole Calvinism, Arminianism debate. Right, but I mean, so you know, yeah, I heard the quote, maybe you can read it again, and, and I think Nate would love it. Okay. Um, but... but I completely disagree with it because from both sides, what you're saying is we can't know truth that God has not given us truth. Uh, No, I don't think it's saying that at all. I think that, you know, I think that Calvinism and Arminianism are man-made constructs. And I think that the truth is a, okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read the quote. All right. This is by Philip Schaeff. Um, Calvinism emphasizes the divine sovereignty and free grace. Arminianism emphasizes human responsibility. The one restricts the saving grace to the elect. The other extends it to all men on the condition of faith. Both are right in what they assert. Both are wrong in what they deny. If one important truth is pressed to the exclusion of another of equal importance, it becomes error and loses its hold upon the conscience. The Bible gives us a theology which is more human than Calvinism and more divine than Arminianism and more Christian than either of them. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Because I think that, you know, being saved, and I am saved, and I am very assured in my salvation, I 
I still have desires of my heart that I know probably aren't what's in my best interest or what's in God's will that I have to, I mean, I have to fight those desires. I'm not a perfect person. And sometimes I do things that, you know, I have to repent for. Um, I think we all, you know, becoming Christian doesn't make us perfect and it doesn't make us make all the good decisions all the time. Um, you, you still fight with your fleshly desires that doesn't go away just because you accepted grace. I think you just become a little more cognizant of it. Well, you're no longer a slave to sin. You actually have the choice now. Yeah. You know, before in our darkened understanding, Ephesians 4.18, you know, we were slaves to our non-reformed heart. I don't mean reformed in the, in the Reformation sense. I mean, reformed heart, like giving us a heart of flesh from a heart of stone, Ezekiel 38. And so we have the ability now as Christians to not sin, whereas non-Christians do not have that ability. Everything that they do is ultimately sin. There's just nothing. There's every breath that they take is ultimately sinful because they're in rebellion to God. Would you say that that kind of goes to the righteousness, filthy rags? So like, even if they say, no, I helped an old lady cross the road. Well, see, that's not sin even by your religion. Then would that be one of the, well, no, actually, I mean, it's, you know, filthy rags because it's unrighteousness, which traces back to your denial of God, like one of those type things. So like the act of like, sure. you know, knowing you could cheat on taxes, but not doing it, they're like, see, I didn't sin. But effectively, like if you zoom out, they are still sinning because everything they do is not from faith because they, they exercise no faith. They deny faith. They deny this God. So like, even though you're saying, yes, you can do some good stuff, you're still sinning. Sure. Is I know all kinds kind of, of very righteous atheists, you know, that do that give to charity and do all sorts of things. And, you know, they raise their families, right. They love their kids. Like they're good people. The problem is, is that good people go to hell every single day. You know, I want to just make a little point real quick about that. Um, you know, we, we, we sometimes forget that our righteousness and the way that we view morality is not the same way that God sees it. You know, if somebody steals one cent and somebody else goes and steals the bank, we're both stealing. In God's eye, we're both sinners and we both will go to hell. So I think, you know, um, we, we, we have this misconception that we like to give more credit on sin or make it heavier on some of us when God doesn't see it that way. You know, um, and that's why Paul, when he uh, talks about, about this, he says, walk in the spirit so that the desires of your flesh don't consume you or overcome you so that you may sin. And I think that just being able to understand this verse and just comprehend that Obviously, we walk with our flesh every single day. We're not going to get it off until Jesus comes back. And we need to maintain it. You know, it's like food. You know, you need to maintain the food. You know, you need to feed the spirit so that it can stay strong. And we do have desires every single day. Doesn't matter what it is. Everybody got different desires. But 
is our responsibility to make sure that we feed the spirit, which is a helper. That's why Jesus said, you know, I might go so that the helper can come in the spirit of truth, may dwell, you know, in you and do what he got to do. And I just wanted to make that point. Thank you for making the point. Let's see. Well, anyone else? Come on, Chris. You've been you've been saving up stuff for a week and a half. What else you got? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm just I'm just glad that everybody's realizing that you know free will, libertarian free will is not great. <laughs> I keep uh, I keep that why, do I, why do I keep doing this? Is this no, the desire of my heart to call on you? It is the desire I'm, I'm of your sure heart I don't to call on to. me. And then I say stuff, and then and then it generates interest in the room, and everybody gets mad at me and not at you, and it makes <laughs> for great, great radio. This, this is what we do. <laughs> anyway. No, but... Uh, yeah, no, serendipity and fury have been leading some really great rooms. And, and, uh, I know that, uh, Lee came in as well for a little while and she's hard to please. So, um, see exactly. So, um, <laughs> Lee is, Lee is a reformed Baptist that lives out on the West coast and her entire family is like Marines. Like her dad was Marine. She, she didn't join the Corps, but like she's married to a Marine, like, all of her sons are Marines. She lived on Marine bases her whole life. She's, she's what you it's call a bit a hardcore. <laughs> she's, she is very, she is a very tough lady. Anyway, um, she is a lovely, lovely person. And she, um, she's very quiet and she just likes rooms where there's not like people just yelling at each other and, you know, saying dumb stuff. And she really has been enjoying, um, fury and serendipity's rooms, even though they're like super tolerant and they have atheists and Muslims and all other manner of folk. Um, they just do a really, really good job moderating. And she's like, I really like these discussions. They're not full of idiots. So, hmm. so that is high praise coming from Miss Lee. I Who's love to hear that. She spent some time with us last night, so I'm glad she was there. Ask her about cocaine bear. I heard it wasn't very good. I just like the idea of cocaine bear more than like I would ever actually go see the movie. Because like we see, like Nate can attest to this, we see people who are the cocaine bear on, on Clubhouse all the time. <laughs> They really don't have anything of substance to say. They just want to roar and rip your face off. And then move Been on there, to the next that. person. So my wife is making me clean my desk while I'm talking to you guys. And <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So what I'm realizing is that most of the mess on my desk is the random books hanging out. So let's see. I'm picking up Women in the Early Church by Elizabeth A. Clark. That is the heretic that I was telling you about earlier, Nate, that I was reading. 
Let's see. Oh, Living by the Book, Howard G. Hendricks. That's on my desk. Ooh, here's here's one for the politicos. Silent Spring at 50, The False Crises of Rachel Carson. Oh my gosh, do you ever just watch a movie? <laughs> let's see. My son's actually reading that book. Um, let's see. Jim Osmond, God Doesn't Whisper. Everyone loves that book. That's how people that hear the voice of God are probably insane and not being hearing like, the voice of God. I mean, like how, uh, was it? how apparently college professors seem to like um, idolize like Marx. Yeah, so Rachel Carson is a historical figure that wrote a book called Silent Spring that actually create, it actually got Richard Nixon to create the Environmental Protection Agency and ban a substance known as DDT. Well, turns out that all of the stuff she wrote about DDT, she completely made up out of thin air. <laughs> and when she got caught on it, people were like, well, but the so idea is too important. You know, you hear this, it's like, the research might not be true, but the idea is important. So we'll keep it. I'm not even kidding. That's what people say about it. And so um, Rachel Carson is actually responsible for more deaths in the world than Hitler, Stalin, and Mao combined. Wait, so right, she is more probably combat combined than more deaths than like all the dictators combined. More than all the dictators combined. She's she's responsible for the death of at least a hundred million people. Personally Ooh. responsible. Yeah. Brother asks, why is eschatology so rarely spoken of on here? You know? Because we don't care. Like, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, also, though, like, I think there would be evidence. Like, you know, how do you, how do you quantify that? Like, you know, if you have, like, countless, probably 100,000 hours of us talking about stuff over the last decade, I guess by us, I mean me, um, eschatology <laughs> comes up quite a bit. So, you know, there's, like, many, many, many hours of it. But compared to, you know, the percentage of what we've done in totality, it may be kind of small. But, yeah, because, I mean, why? It's like, let's just state what the Bible says. There's a couple views. We'll go over them, and then we're done. Like, that's it. Like, there's, there's nothing to really – there's nowhere to go other than, you know, like Timothy talks about, you know, how people will, you know, start quarrels that make, uh, you know, quarrels about nothing, and it doesn't matter, and it's just like people quarreling for no reason and, you know, dissensions and stuff like that. So that's where it goes. I mean, you can state what you believe. You can state what the Bible says. And beyond that, it's like no good will come of this. It's like, why would we talk about stuff that's largely just opinion, um, you know, as far as, you know, what's what's been fulfilled, what's going to be, you know, what's heaven going to look like? Um, are the streets are, are the streets of gold really gold? Is it a new mineral? Is it a augmented mineral? Is it how do you have gold that, you know, we know the symbol is AU, but it's supposed to be translucent. That's not gold at all. See, your God is a lie. Um, does that give you some insight on where these conversations tend to go? That's pretty good, Nate. I mean, yeah, we've got we've got the important stuff to talk about, like free will and. I mean, like salvation's a pretty good one. I'd like to think, like you know, <laughs> let's start there. And if people get around to you know believing in in God, then you know, let's get to some you know translucent gold. But yeah, I mean, so by the way, eschatology, Chris, you want to give us a minute rundown? Sure. There's like three main views of eschatology uh, in terms of what we call the millennial kingdom. There's amillennialism. There is post-millennialism and there's pre-millennialism. And so, obviously, given the prefixes, we've got pre, which means Christ 
comes and establishes his kingdom before his millennial kingdom, and he has a thousand-year reign um, and then ends the, the world. Uh, post-millennialism means that we keep working here on earth to bring about the second coming through the conversion of the entire population of the earth to Christianity, um, which was a popular view for most of church history. Um, and amillennialism is that there is no such thing as the thousand-year reign of Christ, that it is metaphorical, and that we are currently living in the kingdom. And so those are the three main views. And then you've got rapturist views. You've got pre-trib rapture, post-trib rapture, and mid-trib rapture. And then you've got no rapture at all. So you got those four views. Rapture just means the catching up of the church. And so, um, and then what's the last bit? You know, dispensational versus covenant theology falls in there as well. Um, you know, who are the people Israel? Is the church Israel? Is uh, you know, Israel, Israel, those were all questions that would fall under the, the line of both eschatology and covenant theology. Well, there you go. Uh, JK, you had a question. What's up? Well, good morning to you, Nate. I appreciate you letting me up. I do have one question regarding what you said before regarding heaven, God's heaven. Uh, from what I remember in Bible school, they told us that I was forced to go to and attend, by the way. I was told that heaven is an actual planet and it, it is one of the seven heavens in Christianity. Now, my question is, could it be the planet Nibiru? And um, planet X, thank you. Yeah, so I don't know what Bible um, place you went to. I would have some questions about that. I don't, but, you know, if I if I wanted to go down that track, I would. But I'd say no. Uh, and this is kind of why, like, you know, the eschatology question earlier, it's like why it doesn't really, it, it's not talked about, like, ad nauseum, because there's only so far to go before you're just getting into, like, very kind of, well, what you're talking about, opinions that the Bible, you know, says little to nothing about. So as far as Planet X, though, I have I have heard that uh, theory floated that, you know, this was heaven or it was, it was going to be, when they said Planet X was going to be coming somewhere close at some point time or something like that like it was basically like you know heaven is coming closer and the rapture is going to happen when it gets uh you know close enough or something like that and i mean this is just like sci-fi in my humble opinion like you know the bible doesn't speak to this the bible doesn't say you know necessarily um people will have opinions and read into it but no i would say it could be like no like we're, we're talking we're told about this whole spiritual world and you know god is spirit and all these things so I do not believe that heaven is going to be composed of these natural elements and natural material. I believe, you know, whether my opinion now, it's going to be in some other like spatial dimension or spiritual, whatever that means. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be like, you know, dust and atoms and rocks like we have here. I think it's going to be somehow different. That's just my opinion based on, you know, what the Bible talks about, about, you know, this glorified body and how, you know, like the angels are spirits, God is spirit. Um, so there's a lot of heavy emphasis on spiritual beings. And uh, yeah, I think this natural material, plane, earth, whatever we're in, universe, um, is not it. What say you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, post-millennialism is making a comeback, too. There's the seven mountains now, but you'll see um, charismatics getting in with the... Uh, like the hyper reformed crowd, like the Doug Wilson 
uh, hyper reformed crowd and you've got uh have you guys heard of the seven the seven mountains or the seven hills that you have to conquer no is that like the 12 labors of hercules no it's no 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 it's a book it's a book by johnny enlow called the seven mountain prophecy i i actually have the book is it any good so far so far it's been a pretty good read basically it's Basically, it's comparing uh, Deuteronomy seven and one, and you and and how they're representative of family, religion for slash church, education, business, government, arts and entertainment, and media. Those are the seven mountains. I have a corollary question. I'm so sorry. I did not know you were done. My apologies. And but but so far so good. I have a soft copy, um, Chris, Nate, and I can uh, email it to you. Yeah, send it to me. I'll, I'll give it a read. All sure. Right. All right. Uh, yeah, JK, go ahead. And then I want to say hi to Fury real quick. My quick, my quick follow-up question is, if you do not believe it will be a man-made or physical material, <clears throat> material at all, do you think it is conceivable that God, G-O-D, could be up in the cloud? as it were, perhaps in the metaverse? That's my question. I don't really understand that question. Why not? You said that God is of a spiritual, non-material nature. Could God reside in the metaverse, in the cloud, as it were? You mean like on servers at Amazon? Yes, sir. You You know, that's... I'm probably I'm probably thinking deeper than I should, but that that's interesting, right? So like you know we believe God is everywhere in all things, but does that does that extend to like uh, th- does that extend to you know whatever that is like the digital world, um, or does he still extend to the metaverse by virtue of just extending to this material plane, which has created which the metaverse comes from? So let's say I mean no matter how you slice it. God is still everywhere if he's actually in digital space and the cloud and the internet um, because he like would legitimately resides in the ether of the internet. Sure. Or if he resides in the material um, as well as spiritual and, you know, we created this digital cloud and this, this internet and by being present in the thing that this came from, he's still present. So like by transitive property or by actual being there, but I mean, clearly the Bible has nothing to say about this. Um, but I think, I, I mean, I think the answer would be yes, either way. That's a pretty good answer, Nate. Um, that's what I do. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, so JK, I, I know that you're a transhumanist. So I, I would say that our conception of God is not contained within a technology or within any human material means. Um but one of the weird bits about Christianity is that Christianity is a materialist religion. And what I mean by that is that um, Christianity teaches that we will um, receive a new physical body, what we call a glorified body, um, upon uh, the great white throne judgment. And so once the, the end of time, so to speak, occurs, every human being is given a new material body. And so that's one of the peculiarities of Christianity. I would like to say that that falls in line with singularity 
and what we believe the transhumanists of the of the world and the United States Party in particular, yes, we do have a party, uh, believe that we will have a new body, a new form, a human a Homo sapiens sapien 2.0, as it were. Thank you. Sure. Uh, Fury, what's up? I've heard your name invoked a little bit earlier, and I'm like, who's Fury? And here you are. Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. I, I don't think we've met. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Um, yeah, uh, me and Serendipity have done sort of Christian rooms. Um, a little more off-color, I would say, than your your, your average Christian room. But, um, yeah, we're just trying to... Uh, I guess spread the gospel in our own special little way. Um, answer questions. We we have a large friend group on the conservative space, so we've always kind of, you know, tapped into that a little bit and, and sort of tried to share our beliefs uh, as respectfully as we could. And uh, you know, I used to do this in a lot of different ways, so. <laughs> How's, uh, are you finding success or how's that going? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, we get a ton of people asking questions, a ton of people, you know, are getting clarity on, on things they didn't quite understand before. You know, it's funny because I just find that a lot of people don't actually read the Bible. So, um, just like you're doing here, right? A lot of people ask questions. Um, you know, it's just cause they, they, they don't know really, they have a misunderstanding of what, you know, I think Christianity is, is all about, um, you know, and unfortunately they, they judge the religion based upon the people they interact who say they're, they're part of the religion. So, um, you know, we're just trying to have a good, interesting t discussions to just show people like, you know, not everybody's the same, uh, when it comes to practicing their faith and that's okay. It's not supposed to be a perfect system. So. I definitely agree with that, and we see it a lot. And I don't know if it's just like easier, like to just bounce around to like different chat rooms and talk to people who say they're Christians, and then just base Christianity on these few interactions. Um, I mean, I guess it's easier than um, I mean, it's happening anyway than you know reading the Bible. But um, I mean, I think for people that want to really oppose the Bible, especially make it like you know a large chunk of their life, then it would it would be good to actually you know read the book. Instead of just talking to a bunch of people about the religion, yeah. like, see what it actually says. And uh, yeah, I think there's lots of mis misunderstandings and misconceptions. Uh, it's like, oh, so you're a Christian? Oh, so you automatically hate lots of people? It's like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, we like one important thing to me at least, and I know for serendipity as well, is you know we we try to never lose sight during our discussions and stuff of the the, the whole point of it, right? And like trying to grasp that concept of truly loving your neighbor, you know, is a, in my opinion, one of the most difficult things to do. Right. Um, me especially. Right. I'm, I'm a generally a, a, a grumpy sort of person. Um, most people who know me admit that, but, um, you know, so <laughs> that that's, that's one thing I struggle with personally. However, you know, we, we just find that, uh, at least a lot of the rooms that we had exposure to, not including yours, I'll say, right. Um, but a lot of other Christian rooms were just very, I don't know. I, I felt they they just weren't doing this in the right spirit of, of how it's supposed to be done, if that makes any sense, right? 
Like I'm not, I'm not here to, to judge people or cast them away or tell them they're sinners or this and that. Right. Really. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, maybe approach them on a level that where they can start to understand and then give them some information. Um, and then a lot of what we do is just pick, you know, weird, interesting topics that, you know, maybe other Christians don't want to tackle. Um, you know, in fact, I even have a lot of, a lot of people who don't, you know, frankly, don't like some of the stuff to do. Like we were talking about Noah's Ark, for example, and some of the worldly science surrounding that, you know, um, of course, we feel that there's a lot of stuff that supports some of these biblical claims, and that's what we're trying to bring awareness to. But some people don't like this on the Christian side of things because they're, you know, they're worried, right, that we might, you know, look like idiots or something like that. But that's understandable. So, <laughs> yeah, the thing is, though, so like, wasn't the archaeological proof that like that actually did happen? Well, there's a lot of stuff surrounding that. I, have you guys ever heard of that? Um, what is it? I think it's called the Ark Encounter or something like that. It's like a yeah. museum of in Kentucky. That's yeah. pretty illuminating. Actually, I recommend you go check that out if you ever if you ever can. It's pretty illuminating. Yeah, there's there's been like you know satellite scans of some uh, what is essentially a structure that seems to fit the exact you know dimensions of it. Um, there's been a, a couple of researchers, I'll call them, a, a couple of actual geologists as well who've taken sort of soil samples and, and found some irregular, irregularities at the site that don't seem to fit with the uh, the sort of natural terrain and, and environment there. So there's some, I, I would call it like convincing evidence, but we also got into a lot of people didn't think, for example, that, you know, you could actually fit all the species on the ark. Well, it turns out, you know, uh, I found a, a, a scholarly reference that just took the, the actual you know sort of uh capacity of the ark when you take the dimensions into account and found that could actually easily fit all the the land animal species on the planet at the time um so it's just you know little facts like that that people aren't aware of and we like to share that so well interesting so what was your most uh, recent uh, conversation about, or what's some of the most... Uh... <laughs> Our most recent one was was a, a Calvinism versus um, oh. <laughs> Ar Arminianism debate, so probably more along the lines of the stuff you guys get into, I think. Where, where Chris tried to claim you all for his own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, serendipity came around, man. She realized that you can't have libertarian free will, no such thing. Uh, she might protest that if she were here i'm not sure chris <laughs> she did she loudly protested last time i said it yeah yeah <laughs> but she's the one who said it not me <laughs> yeah i know i know well she's easy to convince after all i'm see i'm i'm the stick of the mud that, that you really gotta you really gotta get out there <laughs> that's all right you know i put Keep myself in kind of a I, I put myself in kind of a grumpy cynical person as well but like a happy saved one so, you know, reconcile that like my family was here and we went out to eat and like people who are too happy, like, you know, the, the case of the Mondays people and, and they're just like overly happy. And it's like, you know, most people are like, oh, it's Monday. This stinks. Uh, like, Turn that front upside down. It's Monday. Oh, my God, stab me in the face. Um, it's like we had one of those like waitresses and like they kept coming back and like having conversations. I'm like, and, you know, I like, smiled, nodded because I don't want to be a, a rude jerk. But my internal dialogue is like, oh, my gosh, just go away. Let me eat. You're so happy. Why? No one is this happy. Apparently, they were this happy. <laughs> I mean, you can have the joy of the Lord and not be that person. Well, hey, um, 
my wife made me clean off my nightstand. And let's see, I've got the Trinity Evidence and Issues, Truth or Territory by Jim Osmond, Poet and Peasant and Through the Peasant Eyes, a Literary Cultural Approach to the Parables in Luke, Future Israel, Why Christian Anti-Judaism Must Be Challenged, The Failure of Natural Theology, The Works of Jonathan Edwards, John Calvin, The Institutes of Christian Religion, and Love, Freedom, and Evil. These are the books I'm putting back in my library right now. I'm going to send you a book about Christian fiction that's like akin to like Lord of the Rings knockoff that will probably do you some good. Will you read it? Is it This Present Darkness? Because I've read that. No. Take a break from your uh, scholarly studies. No, I, I have not. This, what is it like? I mean, is it like a heavy, like biblical moral type thing, like Pilgrim's Progress? No, no, like, no, no, no. It's like silly mostly fiction. like Tolkien. Or... It's like it's very silly fiction. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been like um, I, I, using like Kindle Unlimited, and like I found this like Christian readers group on Facebook. Like, they actually have a ton of good recommendations. Like, there's all kinds of like Christiany, like Lord of the Rings type, you know, fantasy type series that uh, I've really been enjoying. I guess I guess we're each making up for each other's shortcomings. Uh, you you could read more fun, lighthearted stuff, and I guess I could read more read more dusty tomes. I'll I'll bring the conspiracy theories in if that's okay with you guys, and then uh, that's how I can contribute to the uh, to the research. <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> I said I'll bring in the conspiracy theories. <laughs> okay, here's conspiracy theory one hundred and one test. Do you own the book on a pale horse? No, no, I absolutely do not. Okay. Uh, I, you I need to I educate yourself about trouble reading. Time. Trouble reading. I have, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have a, a adult onset lazy slash ADHD. You know. <laughs> you can get it in an audio book. So it's by William Cooper, and he is oh the Bill king Cooper. Of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Bill yeah, Cooper. Know you know Bill Cooper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you know anything about conspiracy, you know about Bill Cooper. Oh, I know. Bill Has Cooper. he met Steph? He's dead because he decided to resist arrest in his driveway and got shot by sheriff's officers. I mean, conspiracy series. Have he met Steph yet? Yeah, I've met Steph. Oh, okay. Uh, just, just in the last room, or um, so. Not, not. I don't know her quite well, but yeah, she she was in our last um, discussion. She's nice, and she is just determined from the foundation of the world to become a Calvinist at some point. <laughs> so it's going to be great. We got so cookies. speaking of conspiracy theories, which I mean, I guess at this point, I mean, you may as well just call prophecies. I mean, they're going to come true. How long until we get a digital currency because of the collapse of SVB? I can I mean, say we will is- never get digital currency, and I can tell you why. Would you oh, like boy. to know? Sure, JK. Uh, yes. <clears throat> because the United States government and the governments around the world want to control its citizens. So any form of digital currency, well, actually, we already have digital currency. It's in the form of FDIC-backed currency. Any form of digital currency will be matched by their the government's monetary unit, and they will be controlling the citizens. We will not have a DAO. We will never oh, no. have a DAO. That is the yes. way it is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the governments are doing this, not like we're going to have decentralized currency like crypto that, you know, we can all be independently operators. No, no, the other way, like how, you know, China and apparently America is already like developing their 
you know, their centralized digital currency. So yeah, they could be like, oh, you've bought too much milk this week. You're done. Or, oh, you filled up your gas too much this week. You're done. Yeah, yeah, digital currency for, in all the bad ways. Like, yeah, government. Can, oh, by the way, I love our government. Peace be upon you. Government's amazing. Just just on the record saying that. I love the government. We want the United States Transhumanist Party to become the government of the world. Membership is free. Please, everybody, read my bio. Thank you. This is Baby JK signing out. <laughs> Follow that up, Fury. Transhumanism is... Um... Not going to work out, I think, the way you do. You even understand what our party is about? Please read our constitution before you say anything stupid. Thank you. Okay, hold on. Well, wait, wait. There's there's two things I saw. One is I don't think he was here when you talked about the transhumanism party. So when he said transhumanism, I would think the actual like definition of transhumanism, not the peripherals you would get from the transhumanist party of America. That would just be my non-biased observation. The same, Mr. Nate. Well, it is one and me. the same. Okay, well then I agree with Fury. I don't think it's going to work out how like you know you've all know Harari and you know the Humanity 2.0 wants. If there's different denominations of transhumanists, um, maybe they have a different point. But from what we hear from like you know the world leaders and like you know um, Klaus Schwab's high prophet, um, I, I really don't think they're going to evolve or be the next state of human. Um, at least not in the sense they want. If we there's are a different transhumanist evolving. approach. You you do not understand what transhumanism is about. We were transhumanists when Aldous Huxley wrote his books. We were on the verge of that. All it means is that we are gravitating towards singularity. That's all it means. What's singularity, JK, to you? It is not up to me. It is what is happening with technology and the industrial revolution as we see it. It will continue to evolve in micro forms and then macro explode. It will become where we will have, we will live as long as Methuselah or forever. And we will also be part bionic and we will become one with AI. That is what I believe. So do you, you what you're saying is, you think we're going to merge with machines to extend our life? We already have in most parts. If you understand CRISPR-Cas9, I believe it will go through Moore's Law and it will be hijacked by AI for our betterment. Yes, I do. So you don't think that's human beings trying to play God because throughout history, whenever that's happened... I don't believe happened, in God. You understand that begs the question, the stuff you're saying. It I would probably be better at this buddy. point. Actually, on the contrary, I think you do believe in a God. But no, I don't. I don't believe God. in a God at all. I'm an atheist. Well, do you believe in the devil, JK? If I don't believe in God, I don't believe in the devil. Well, I'm not you... believing a Hello Kitty devil, <laughs> if that's what you're saying. You should believe in the devil because I'm pretty sure he believes in you. You know what? I don't really care about your backhanded insults, Mr. Fury. That wasn't an insult, actually. Whatever you are, listen, I don't care about your atavistic top thinking. Listen, everybody, we cannot go back backwards. Stop with the atavistic thinking. We we need to merge with AI and go forward to create a new human being. Okay, one where we can conquer Kardashev civilization and become space barren. I'm still talking, buddy. Excuse I know, but me. you're not making no, any sense. Me. Whoa, okay, hold on. <laughs> this is a fun and entertaining conversation, but JK, uh, yeah, you were still talking, but um, you know, let's not talk forever. Let's give and take.
Just saying. Police yourselves as best you can. Yes, sir. Mr. Nate, you know I have respect for you, so I'm not going to take hold the stage like this. I just got five more things to say, or actually five more seconds of things to say. I want to say let us expand our minds. Let us not close down. Let us stop regressing backwards. Well, that's redundant. Let us stop regressing. Let us stop with the atavistic thinking and lunge forward to, to conquer space live on mars why not why can't we do that you think this planet's gonna go on forever hell no it ain't only so much that we can do before this planet implodes that's right implodes or explodes so why don't we go ahead and go forward and think about another way of life please check out the transhumanist party constitution we have a website thank you i would think that you know, even if what you say is true, I mean, in a hundred years, well, you know, everyone currently alive is going to be dead. So, I mean, if if someone for future, you know, the future wanted to maybe try to work for that, assuming, you know, the world doesn't end first, then maybe what you say could have some merit, you know, on your playing field. But that wouldn't probably wouldn't work for you. Right. Because like the, the singularity or whatever is probably not going to happen in, in our lifetimes. Um, and so true. I guess. And true. Okay. One more well, thing. hang on. I. I Oh, well, hang on. I want Fury to go. I didn't mean to, didn't mean to start that again. Fury's been waiting. Go ahead, Fury. And then I no, only have I a couple just, minutes, and I've got to run anyway. I forgot to add something real quick. Ah. Please, please, please check out SENS Research Organization. I'm sorry, SENS Research Foundation, S-E-N-S. It was co-founded by Dr. Aubrey de Grey, who spearheads the International Life Longevity Campaign. Thank you. Fury. Yeah, I just wanted to note a couple things of popular transhumanists throughout history. One of them was the Nazi party, um, who often tinkered with genetics in hopes of forming a master race that they felt was smarter, would live longer, and do all this kind of stuff. CRISPR technology in particular is basically the process of trying to pick and choose what genes you want your human being to be born with. You know, designer babies and stuff like this. This all leads... Uh, to horrible things, and that always has throughout history. Um, likewise, the concept of, of singularity is is foolish because people who believe in this stuff don't really understand where technology is at currently, and she left. But the fact is, like, you know, people who are afraid of AI, the fact is if you, so I work with artificial intelligence specifically in, in the electronics industry, right? So it, it, it's laughable how people think of the, these like fanciful ideas and, and they think that, you know, oh, computers are going to save us and we're going to transfer our consciousness to, uh, to you know, you know, some computer brain and live forever or merge with a machine and become RoboCop, you know. Um, but the reality is the technology is not even remotely close to, for this being possible. And that's that's a that is 100 percent truth. Um when she speaks of the singularity, that's actually a reference from a guy called Ray Kurzweil. That's that assumes that at one point artificial intelligence will become self sentient, right? Like realize itself, essentially become its own consciousness. Um, AI is is stupid, by the way. Or even the most advanced form of AI right now, all it is doing is following a program code that some computer programmer told it to do. It there's literally no actual form of artificial intelligence uh to date so just putting that out there for everyone to realize so that's just yeah she's 
she's on a different level there. She's special. Well, yeah. Well, uh, amen. Um, I mean, I, a couple things I would think is, you know, with what she said, I would think when, and then she followed up with, I don't believe in a God. I would think, my goodness, you should at this point. Like if that's the stuff you believe, it would Oh, she believes in the God. It, it's it, a it, human being. God. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's the, the God Bible God. Believes. But it's like, if you believe in all this kind of stuff, it would be much easier just to repent and believe the gospel. And, you know, as far as what she was saying, like how she was defining her transhumanism, I mean, Christians have an idea of transhumanism by what she was saying um, in the eternal sense. So, you know, you're not just going to live as long as Methuselah. You're going to keep living and living and living, um, you know, either in a good way or a really bad way. Just saying. So it may not be exactly how she would like transhumanism, but yeah, uh, Christian. I mean, this is so part. if you like, right, we were talking about conspiracy theories earlier, just as a, a point of reference, literally the, you know, quote unquote, new world order, right? The Illuminati transhumanism is one of their number one objectives, right? They, they want to live forever so that they can enslave the world forever. Um, so when I hear people talking about transhumanism, like, you know, immediately I'm like uh, going, you know, like, oh, no, not this again. But uh, I wasn't wrong. Right. Like CRISPR technology, uh, genetic superiority. These are all practices that are implemented by typically horrible people uh, well, because yeah, it leads to horrible that... things. Right. Like you could get like, oh, I'm sorry, you have a birth defect. Sorry, we're going to throw you in the trash like we're Spartans, you know. <laughs> Well, and I think that, you know, the tra a lot of the transhumanists either, like, they, they may say that, you know, it's the motivation. Like, you know, they, they, they just want to live forever because they want to live forever. And they think, you know, uh, they, they just want to keep living and enslave the world. Or, you know, it's never, like, a, a great purpose. It's usually so they can achieve more power. They can achieve this. They can set the new dawning of humanity. Or it's legitimately because they actually believe in the devil. And, like, they, they do have this, like, uh, they know God is real. And they believe that they've done too much stuff in their life that they're on God's bad side and they're never going to be on God's good side. So they legitimately believe in, in like the Christian God and the devil. Um, so it, it's like, I, I think a large part of, of these people would try to say, okay, well, we believe in God, but he's really mad at us. There's no redemptive quality. So we're going to try to align ourselves with the devil and, you know, do things that will benefit the devil um, in, in this like warped mentality. So, um, you know, we can either, when we finally do die, if things go wrong, end up in like this honored place in hell and he won't be torturing us as much. They're thinking, um, not that, you know, he's getting tortured right along with them, but that's how they think. Or they, they believe in the devil and they're like, well, you know, we've, we've screwed up with God so much that we just need to keep living forever because when we die, it's going to be really, really bad for us. So we just need to keep, keep living. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of things. If you read like kind of people who think like that, um, that it's not just like all of them are like, good moral atheists that want, yeah, I mean, it's like everyone, there's like different groups of everyone. There's like diversity of thought. So, you know, some maybe like JK that, you know, is an atheist and they just want to keep living for whatever reason. Then there's people that vary for very spiritual reasons. Um, either they want to do something to honor some dark power or because they are fearful of some dark power and they believe that if they die, it's going to be really bad for them. So they must keep living forever. Um, so, I mean, you know, no one is a monolith. It's just fear at the end of the day. Right. It's fearing death, which is, you know, in my opinion, one of the good news, like part of the good news of the Bible is like, hey, you know what? You don't actually have to fear death. Oh, uh, I can tell you. Hang on, JK. No, I, I can tell you as sick as I've been this last week, um, it would have been a blessing. Like I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm just like laying there miserable. I'm like, 
Uh, I'm like, you know what? Some people may fear death. If I could just take my last breath and just kind of uh, go away, I'm like, that would be so perfect right now. Um, but here I am, alive. Just saying. You so fear- uh, no, I, I think some. No, no, I don't fear death. That's what I'm trying to say. Like some people. Will no, fear that's death. why you believe and in God J- because J- you believe. No. You like- JK, you're not going to interrupt me. I appreciate you saying you respect me earlier. That may change, but I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm the same. So, well, hang hang on, Jack. I want to finish. Just like no one is a monolith, like we just talked about the talked about the transhuman people who have different motivations. Uh, Christians, some may say, well, you have to believe in a sky daddy because you're scared of death. And for some people, I'm sure somewhere that's true. They're scared of death and they need to believe in something better. I can tell you for myself. I don't care. Like if I if I died and there's nothing, I just cease to exist. That's wonderful. If I die and there's a heavenly afterlife, also wonderful. Um, so no, for me, fearing death is not a thing. Like death would have been a welcome a welcome thing after the last week of being miserable. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess I'm you know I'm glad I'm here for my family and kids and stuff like that. But just saying, uh, when it when it's just me. Uh, not not talking about responsibilities and one of raising my family and stuff like that. Like, no, there's no fear of death. It's like, that's like an easy thing. Just saying, go ahead, JK. I was just saying that a lot of Christians fear death, it seems, because they believe that they're going to live forever in some <laughs> ethereal world with G-O-D in it. Well, I believe that because I believe it's true, not because I need it. Why would true. someone I, fear I death if I... they believe they're going to live forever, JK? No, that's why you believe in God, because you're afraid of dying. No, that's not why we believe in God. Actually, no. That is the truth, (laughs) and you know it. Quit lying. Can you read my mind, JK? What what am I thinking right now, You're ridiculous. You you believe in some fairy tale. Oh, my God, we're afraid of medicine. We're afraid of this. We're afraid of that. You know, you you believe in... Oh, JK, I'm sorry. I can't anymore. Like you're you're saying stuff faster than we can correct. Like surely you will find someone out there just somewhere that may may believe some of the stuff you're saying. But all of us up here are adamantly denying like fear of medicine. I've been pumping medicine like skittles. Like I've been throwing things back like crazy. Like medicine's great. Yeah. I've been taking a ton of it. So when you're when you're trying to like generalize an entire group of Christians and none of us on stage are are reflective of any of the things you're saying. That's just so inaccurate. I, I just can't let it go on because we can't correct this stuff fast enough. Yeah, Jesus so, spoke mean, with I, doctors, did he not? So, yeah, so, like, I'm evidence. In the last few days, death would have been welcome at certain points. Like, uh, let's see, and medicine, wonderful. I've taken a ton of medicine in the last week. Um, and, I mean, no. Like, the reason I am a Christian is because I believe it is accurate. I believe it's the truth. So if my Christianity uh, was all the same except the part about the afterlife, and it's like Jesus is like, hey, do everything I did on earth, and you know um, that's going to make you have a really great existence on planet earth, and then you're going to take your last breath and die. I'd think, oh, okay, well, I, I still believe this is true. I believe Jesus has you know, these good principles for life, and this will be the best existence we can have on this planet, and I don't follow him because I'm scared of death. He tells us we're going to die, but I just don't believe that's true. So, no, I mean, I think everyone is like, I mean, at least the people on this stage, we kind of seem to be cynical, grumpy people. And we're like, no, we're not scared of death. Like if we just, what every atheist thinks is going to happen anyway, we just take our last breath and cease to exist. That's fine. I, I have no problem with that. I just don't think that's true. 
Anyway, uh, Fury, say the last thing and then I'm going to have to run. Yeah, I just want to point out again the dangers of transhumanism beliefs. Like, all this leads to is people in power harnessing technology and medicine and enslaving others, uh, creating an alternate class. That, that's 100% what it's about. It, it, and I, it's just, I just want people to be vitally aware of that. Look at the history again of any, any government religion, anybody who's like leveraged any sort of like, Oh, I'm going to improve, uh, humanity and live longer. It, it's always to create a, a surf class and a ruling class. And it's, it's typically almost always leads to enslavement and it's typically a horrible idea. So. Well, anyway. I mean, history is repeating itself. Look what you're, you're talking about right now. Like, you know, you talked about the Nazis, and now, like, we see, like, the was World Economic Forum or World Economic Forum, the New World Order. It's all the same basket of evil. But I mean, they're they're talking about this, right? Like, they're not being secretive. Like, you just read their books. Like, they write books on this stuff, and they're talking about, you know, how they have to kill like half the planet, like two thirds of the planet. Which, by the way, the Bible says something about. But you know, they have to kill like two thirds of the planet. So the few remaining people can be elevated and become these 2.0 humans. Like, that's exactly it. They're not like, hey, we can all achieve this together and we can all grow. They're like, no, no, <laughs> some of us can grow, but that means the rest of you are going to have to die. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. happening again and it's happening in real time. And then they're like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, they have websites saying this. Go to their websites. Um, but anyways, I think, you know, besides what you said, for which I totally agree, the great the thing you said that would be a greater caution than, than even things you've said is JK is a member of this party. So um, if there's no better advocate for not being one of these people, um, it's the person that was just speaking about how, you know, I would say that that's your red flag right there. And then if you need more than, you know, what Fury said. Well, and she wasn't open to answering any questions or anything like that. Like I said, it, it's kind of, <laughs> I wasn't insulting her. That was a funny, I, I don't like when people are like, you know, you're being mean to me or something. I'm like, I literally was not being mean to you whatsoever. I was just stating a few things and, and hoping you would give me some feedback on that. But she had no response and said, got mad. And then, you know, eventually it comes down to, I just hate God. Like if you, I'm t- I've had enough of these conversations with people where if you just get down to it, eventually they're just like, you know what? I just hate God because, you know, my mother died when I was young or something happened in their life and they just want to hate God. That's really you know what? the I, basis of their entire belief system. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do. Ag- oh, sorry, Jack. Always hang on one second. I, I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, there may be some people like, you know, people in the Netherlands that have never been raised around religion. They don't have an animus toward God, but uh, especially like a lot of people in America and the people like we well, just talked to. But yeah, I think they do have a deep animus against God. And uh, like, that's where it was going, right? Like addressing misconceptions that people have, these gross misconceptions about the Bible and Christianity. And that's where it started to go. Like, I guess because you didn't want to sign up for trans humanist party of America today, um, she saw you as an enemy and where she's like, you know, I, I have all respect and blah, blah, blah. And I just have some nice, easy questions. Dude, she went to like from zero to a hundred. She's like, oh, you're G-O-D up in the heaven. And, you know, you don't like this. You don't like medicine. You're scared to death. I guarantee like if, if she wouldn't have stopped herself or if I wouldn't have stopped her and she probably would have stopped herself before she got to the I hate God part. Because, you know, that's I mean, can't really walk back from that. But I mean, that's where it was going. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll answer these questions reasonable. I'll have this dialogue reasonably. But then when, you know, the Christians aren't going for it, it's like, what are you going to do? You're just going to throw up a bunch of nonsense that reveals your true colors. So it's like, do you really think that, you know, Christians are scared of medicine? Do you really like all these like weird stereotypes people have got from some reason? Do you really think Christians are scared of the dark? Um, like all this stuff. And it's like, if you just keep following that line, it keeps getting more rage filled and rage filled 
up until she's like, and I hate your God because, you know, my mom died of cancer and blah. Oh, oops. I mean, I'm a good moral atheist and I just lack a belief in a God. Basically, like your average Twitter user. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, you are on fire today, dude. Like, yeah. I think I think the week off has been like getting all of Nate's pent up, like, not rage. That's a bad word for it. Let's see. Just enthusiasm. All of your righteous indignation. Today. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, this is like this is like the best stuff I've heard all weeks. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna. It's been a pleasure speaking with you guys. Um, I'm gonna head off to my my heathen rooms now um, and and mix with the uh, <laughs> the thieves and the prostitutes, so to speak. <laughs> the great unwashed masses. Maybe you'll see JK over there. Oh no no no! JK yeah, would not be, be. She wouldn't fare well in my spaces. It's a different, you know, kind of space. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh oh, Fury. The other day we were talking about the difference between equity and equality, and it got spicy. It was pretty funny. Oh, and that's like yeah. Were you were you were you busting out your like dic- busting out your dictionary and then saying like, no no, I'm serious. There are two different things. <laughs> exactly. It's like. Oh, wait, so when I hear equality, I hear, you know, oh, equality of opportunity, and everybody gets the same playing field. When I hear equity, I hear concentration camp. Yeah, right, and it's like Uh, everyone kept, like, adding their own little thing to it, and it's like, I I think the simpler way to say it is, like, I I already, I I just had, I forgot it, but it's like, you know, equity is, like, um, equality of outcome, or, or, like, Oh, what was it? It was a really catchy. But it was like yeah, equality, equality of, of outcome. Ding, it, ding, like, ding, ding. Right, right. So like equity is equality of outcome instead of equality being like, uh, yeah, that's the one I messed up. It was great. It was so great. I'm going to have to think about that. But yeah, like equality, everyone starts in the same playing field, which is not true equality because someone brought up like disabled people and stuff like that. I'm like, well, in our laws, you know, even people that want to say we all start in the same playing field, you know, we're still going to say, okay, well, you know, let's, let's give a couple hands up, you know, for like disabled people. Let's make some wheelchair ramps. So, I mean, you know, if you want to like, be pedantic about it. Even the people who say they want true equality. I mean, like I wouldn't want true equality. I'm like, no, no, the guy that, you know, can't walk upstairs. Don't just say, screw him, you know, build a guy a ramp. So, I mean, you know, even we're not monsters, but I would say, you know, generally, no, equal, uh, equality means, you know, everyone starts on the same playing ground, even though it's not technically exactly the same. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's the other end of it. So it's like you all start in the same playing field and you can go sky is the limit, go as high as you want. Versus the other one is, you know, guaranteed outcomes, like equality of outcome. So if people start getting too high and mighty, it's like, no, no, we can't. We're not going to help the other guy up. We're going to help you down here. We're going to chop off your legs so you fall back down a peg or two. And that, that I mean, all that means is that everyone gets poor. Like everyone gets demon. Like everyone gets penalized. I mean, that's the thing that's a bit shame about it because equality was meant to be about equal rights and equal this and equal that for basically everybody and equal opportunity. And then it's like just, I know, and then it just can turn into like, oh, only the elitists allowed to be, you know, all the way up there. Well, we have to stay down here. I know, and that's the problem with it. So, I mean, you know, the road to hell was paved with good intentions. So, you know, I'm convinced that some people, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't have good intentions. They know exactly what they're doing. They're like, oh, yes, we want everything to be fair and equitable. Ha, ha, ha full well knowing they're like no screw you people we're gonna rise um but even the people you know who are are naive and they would 
truly be like, oh, we want fair and you know equality for everyone. We want to be equitable. Even the ones that would try to have good intentions, they're just naive and it will fail. Uh, but then there's so many people who are like, oh, yeah, we don't have good intentions. Yeah, like if you could read their mind, kind of like the secretly I hate God thing, even though they say they don't. It's like, no, they have no interest of, of being good faith actors. So when you see most of these Twitter feminists and like, you know, imagine a lot of them are probably going to be like, oh, you know, I'm all for equal rights for women and all this lot. But then like, when you actually read the mind, they're probably thinking I hate men or something. <laughs> hey guys, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to take off now. So anyway, hope you have a good day. Hope I'll, I'll probably see you around in the Appreciate spaces and everything. So. Thanks, yeah, it's good to meet you. And I, I got to run also, too. My, my throat is dead. I have to go eat some more of this medicine us Christians apparently are scared of. Ooh, throat coat. Go to the <laughs> store. There is a tea called throat coat. Oh, that's it's, awesome. It's, it's, what the, it's the secret weapon. So my wife was an actor for many years and, so, and a singer. And so singers and actors use this particular tea to cut the inflammation in their throat. And it genuinely works. So throat coat. Oh, that is go, awesome. Go get some. This I know that you're one of those granola. Sponsored by Throat Coat. <laughs> right, yeah. This 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 edition of Ask a Christian brought to you by Throat Coat. Throat Coat, your one and only response for th- sore throat problems. Okay, so uh, I'm not a copywriter. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, seriously, though, Throat Coat is, is your friend, and you should go get some today. I will check that out. All right, everyone. Take care. So, goodbye.